Welcome to the RICO 12 Shares Podcast. This is an open to all addictions and afflictions sharing meeting. If you would like to record a share or a recovery prayer for RICO 12 Shares, please go to www.rico12.com forward slash shares and follow the links there or click on the link in the show notes. RICO 12 Shares is not a dumping ground for problems, nor is it a place for storytelling. RICO 12 Shares is not a place for crosstalk or contacting others. RICO 12 Shares is not a place to promote or proselytize any products, services, or specific religions. RICO 12 Shares is a place to share and hear the solution, your experience, strength, and hope. RICO 12 Shares is a short shares-only meeting closed out with a recovery prayer that is recorded by any one of our participants or audience members. The RICO 12 family of recovery services is supported by participants and listeners. To become a supporter, what we call a RICO 12 spearhead, please go to www.rico12.com forward slash support or click on the link in the show notes. It is now time to share. RICO 12 shares. I'm Aaron and I'm a codependent. I'm grateful to be here. What I want to share with you today is this uh, realization that I just recently had that uh, is pretty transformative, and that is that God-shaped hole. Now, of course, I knew I had a God-shaped hole in me, but what I kept on thinking is that I was walking, I was, I was talking the talk of uh, 12 steps, going to meetings and you know, getting myself a sponsor, doing the 12 steps, becoming a sponsor myself. And yet there was a part of me that um, I, I only recognize now uh, that that God-shaped hole was still there. Um, and uh, so I'm a codependent and I'm in uh, the CODA program. Um, and I tried my whole life to fill that God-shaped hole uh, with the recognition of other people. Uh, with the uh, appreciation, the acceptance of others. And I figured, like, you know, if I just, like, act um, recovered enough, and if I just keep on going to recovery, then it's going to happen. But there needs to be a much deeper thing that happens. You need to really be able to do that fearless and searching moral inventory on everything that we're uh, that is happening in your life. And kind of analyze like, well, how are my relationships changing fundamentally? Or is it just that I am, you know, forcing myself to act in a certain way, kind of like a dry drunk forces himself not to drink, but in reality, he's still stewing and hungering for that drink. Am I changing? Have I changed? And not just outwardly, but inwardly. And the aha was, even though it's been told to me many, many times is that whole, it's kind of like this bucket without a bottom, that you try to fill your bucket with, with something outside of yourself. That something could be alcohol, porn addiction, could be uh, narcotics, or some other, you know, or an addiction to people, you know, to praise, an addiction to people's praise, an addiction to recognition. Um, and it's because it's a, it doesn't have a bottom, you know, the, whatever it is that you're putting in there goes in. It coats the sides. You temporarily feel filled, but it's an illusion because you can't 
ever feel full if your bucket doesn't have a bottom. And so how do you fix that bottom? Well, it's first of all, recognizing, recognizing what's going on. And for me, it was, you know, deep childhood trauma. And, and when I think about it, and I use different modalities as well to help me with my inner child, uh, but of, of course, you know, 12 step. And when I think about it, uh, really what happened was as a child, I didn't get the love, attention uh, that I needed. And I'm not blaming anybody, you know, the, my caregivers themselves uh, are, you know, are, are needed recovery and they couldn't give me, give it to me either. But that damage was done. And so at this point, I need to be my own parent and I need to really let it go also, let go of trying to get to, for someone else to fix me or some other substance to fix me. I need to just let go and let God and speak to God because the truth is you can have no better parent than, than God. And if you could say, hey, I'm broken, my, my heart is broken, can you help me find you know, the children within me that need nurturing and support? And can you help me as I you know, ask my inner children what they need and just be there for me? And every time I look outside of myself, I look at my wife, I look at you know, other people and say... Rico 12 shares. This is Irvin, recovering sexaholic, lustaholic. This is a new way of thinking about surrendering I've been working on. The scientists discovered that this group of wild monkeys, if they would bring a jar that was heavy enough so the monkeys can't move it or lift it, and this jar would have an opening at the top so that the monkeys can put their hands inside the jar but that if they grab whatever's inside the jar, they couldn't get their hands out. So let's say they would put some kind of prize inside the jar. The monkeys would put their hands in, say a banana, and they couldn't, if they went to the jar and they grabbed the banana, they couldn't get their arms out or their hands out, therefore being stuck sitting there, just trying to pull that out with all their force, but they couldn't. Now, at that point, a scientist could walk up to the monkeys grab them and put them inside the crate because they wouldn't let go of whatever is inside of that jar. So surrendering nowadays to me is, well, the sin, the lust, the problem, the addiction is is the scientist is coming for me. Whatever is inside that jar that I'm not able to let go to release pride, selfishness, self-centeredness, self-pity, victimization, lust, sex, money, whatever it is that I can't let go is making me a victim to the addiction. They're going to come and grab me and take me in their arms and put me in a crate and I won't be able to get out. Now, if I let go, if I release whatever is in there, I can run for the trees. Guess who the tree is? The higher power, God, can run to his safety. It's going to feed me, protect me, keep me away from those scientists, from the sin. Anyway, this is Irvin. Thank you. Rico 12 shares. My name is Chris. I'm an addict and an alcoholic. Uh, Really, really extremely grateful to to understand what that means now, thanks to the big book. Um, which is I've got a physical allergy, which means I can't control how much I drink and use when I start. And I, 
I got that in, instinctively in my very, very first meeting. I was 24 years old. I knew exactly what these much older people were talking about in their drinking. And um, that mental obsession that meant I spent about three or four years um, fighting, trying to understand, not, trying to avoid taking that first one and being unable to do it uh, and making that decision completely stone cold sober, despite all my previous experience going back for another go. And then the spiritual malady, which I experienced <clears throat> in my only period of sobriety pre 12 step recovery, um, which is only a few months. Um, but my head went, I was waking up angry, getting angrier through the day and just could not wait to go to sleep in the evening just because it was just so painful. Um, could not cope with reality. And so I had a really, really flying start to recovery. I, I found myself in a real pocket of enthusiasm. Um, but I had, a, I had a period of drift over a few years, um, as lots of people do, and I found myself picking up a 17-year chip at the end of last year. <clears throat> and as proud as I was to hold this chip, I also had that kind of experience of a small, still voice within me say, you are not sponsoring, you're unsponsored, you're a tourist in meetings, you're going in late and you're leaving early. Um, you're a consumer of recovery rather than a producer. And most of all, a 17-year chip or any chip will not provide me a defense against that first drink. And that, I understand now, is the gift of desperation really kicked in, in for me. And I, I found myself with a massive resentment about something that happened at work, um, which I can see now, was the final straw for me, led me to, to really recommit to going back into 12-step uh, into recovery. And I, uh, I, I, in fact, I did it specifically. I wanted to get into fit spiritual conditions so I could sponsor other people. Um, so I, <clears throat> I committed to the steps with a sponsor who wasn't as long around as me, which was a big blow to my ego. But um, for me, that was a real commitment to quality of recovery rather than quantity, rather than just time, you know. And um, just to say, I had a profound experience with it. I, um, I made an amend to uh, my dad who died the year before. And the amend was that he, I'd had a big responsibility for him for 11 years. Um, and at times I did it through gritted teeth and at times I didn't recognize the sanctity of that responsibility. That was a sacred service commitment given to me by my higher power at a point in my life when I was ready to accept it. And um, I hadn't always seen that. And I thought to myself after reading my letter to my dad, um, I wonder what else in my life is a sacred responsibility that I'm, I'm, sometimes I miss. And I thought about my family. I thought about being a parent. I certainly thought about being a recovered alcoholic, an addict who can um, help other people. Um, through sponsorship to to reach that state and to um, find their way out of the hole. But above that, I thought to myself, all of it is a sacred gift. You know, all of my, my entire life, everything that I'm experiencing um, is a sacred gift on some level. You know, it is all, um, it's all a gift from God. It's all a gift from God. So that moment, that has, for me, that's a psychic change. That's world of the spirit stuff. That's what the big book's talking about when you get through to amends. Um, that's way beyond not drinking and it's way beyond anything I could have imagined when I came in. It's taken me 17 years to truly understand it's a daily program. And when I work a daily program, I get to experience the promises and not drink rather than just eke it out a day at a time, just avoiding a drink, you know, so that's profound stuff. I'm immensely grateful and sending love to anyone listening to this. Rico 12. Hey everyone, this is Ethan. I am an addict 
to sex and to lust. My life is unmanageable and I am powerless over my addiction. It's funny, I was actually just listening to a Rico 12 share and I was on it and I had said how I was doing um, morning step work, doing my step 11 and I need to be accountable before I begin my share that I decided to sleep in today, that I stayed up very late and didn't set an alarm and I did put God first this morning. And I acknowledge that I wanted to be accountable and I'm still working on that and um, just wanted to be accountable to everyone. Um, but uh, yeah, the reason I wanted to share today was I had an experience yesterday that, you know, I, I worked the steps and they worked for me and it was wonderful. So to set the stage, I, you know, was at work and somebody at work made a decision that I disagreed with that uh, frustrated me and that caused me to feel agitated and upset. Whether or not I was justified or not, that's beyond the point. So I was upset and agitated with someone's decision at work, and I had a decision to make. Normal Ethan would have stewed and reminisced and ruminated on it and uh, would have stewed and become obsessed and complained and bellyached and just been resentful and would have just vented it out and held it against that person. I, I'm very resentful, easily, easy to resent or easy to be resentful towards others. And I had a decision to make, and there was a tool that I had learned about um, from an accountability partner and also from the spiritual gangsters, like Sunday meetings, they do them once a month. It's called um, it's called the Rapid Step 10, and it's a way to do a Step 10 spot check based on the big book, and it's very simple. And I've used it a few times, and I really used it yesterday, and it worked, and I just want to share with you um, this tool. So what I did is I put in who I was upset with. So I was upset with the person at work. What happened? You know, they made a decision I didn't agree with, put that down. And this affects. And so essentially I'm going through a step four um, from how the, how the big book does. So how, what this affects, um, you know, like things like pride or self-esteem, my ambitions. I then highlighted or found my part or my character defects. And then as I selected those, this tool is so cool that it selected the opposite or it automatically selected the character assets. So I selected a weakness of mine and then an asset was then automatically identified. I moved on, and this is the key part. I did a step seven prayer. And let me tell you, doing a step seven prayer, it was like it released it from me. Uh, God took it from me, and I, I was I was free of that resentment, that anger, that God just took it. It really works. Something so simple, that step seven prayer. And it uses the character defects and the character assets that are listed there from the previous parts here in this tool, and it already generates that. So I asked him, take away these weaknesses, and please replace them with these strengths. Um, it asks if you need to make an amends. Um, I didn't necessarily need to make an amends at that time. And who can you help? So I was going to help my family. I unloaded the dishwasher. I did some dishes. I went and I served my family. And I told my wife, I'm serving you right now. And she knew what was up. It was a step 10 spot check. And then number nine is also very important. It was sharing with someone. And I didn't I didn't call someone necessarily at that moment. But I have a friend and we have a, a, a partnership. Um, and I just recorded it on my phone on voice memo on, on an Apple phone. A voice memo. It took a minute, minute and a half. I went through all of those parts there. I sent it to him so he could listen. But hearing myself speak, it was key. I had to share it. I originally texted it to him, but it wasn't enough. And I did that. And let me tell you, when I went to bed at night, I had forgotten about the event. Normally that would have stewed and I would have written in my journal and I was going to really rip that person apart and be all upset. But let me tell you, I was freed. I was placed in a, in a, in a state of neutrality. And it was like this thing that almost had never happened, at least from an emotional perspective. And I was given serenity. I was given sobriety. And it works. Step 10 spot checks, they work. 
the step seven prayer, it works. And I just wanted to share that with you. And um, yeah, hope it works for someone. Hope it provides some some hope and strength. So thank you so much for letting me share on this platform. It really helps me work my step 12 and stay connected. And I want to thank you all. So yeah, my name's Ethan, and I will pass. It is now time to close the RICO 12 Shares meeting. If you wish to share some of your recent experience, strength, and hope, or have insights that you've gained from other speakers or other meetings, please follow the links in the show notes to our website and submit a recorded share there. You can also become a RICO 12 spearhead and financially support these projects by clicking on the support link in the show notes. Thanks. We will now launch off into the rest of our day with a prayer. God is love. Everything else is a lie. This is Deborah. Keep coming back. It works when you work it. So work it. You are worth it.